0: Emergency pod alert, coming your way. Um, Y'all are so special to me. I decided to do three episodes this week. So on a Wednesday, hump day, happy hump day, everybody. You get another episode coming from me because a good friend of mine, Casey Sato, friend of the show, who's come on before to talk Utah, among other things, Utah sports, BYU, rivalry, all that good stuff. He was the one that was texting me yesterday. I had mentioned him on the podcast that came out. And uh, he he followed that up with, and he's like, hey, I've got some rebuttals. I've got I've got some points that uh, I want to talk to you about. So he wanted to come on, and I loved it. So I was like, yeah, come on, we'll do an emergency pod. We'll talk about the Utah perspective here, Utah fan perspective, and I want to hear that anyway. So we had a nice little back and forth. Casey brought up some good points. He was offering perspective to us BYU fans, and I thought, you know what? He ain't wrong. So might as well put it out there to share to the rest of us. Bottom line is, we should just be happy. And if we think we're truly the big brother, then we should definitely be happy. But that's kind of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. We obviously get into that, among many other things. Hope you all enjoy this podcast. I don't do this often, but hey, tis the season, I guess, right? Things are happening, so we're just turning it out while we can. Love you all. Hope you're doing well. Happy Hump Day. And we'll see you later on the week with that Roe vs. Wade podcast.
1: I don't like Utah. In fact, I hate them. I hate everything about them. I hate the program. I hate their fans. I hate everything. So it felt really good to send those guys home.
0: Schiller for dead has become a big-time college basketball star at BYU. Shut the up!
1: And that's one of my lyrics in the song. There couldn't be a, a prouder older brother than me. Carlino, a bounce to Haas. Haas posting up short corner right to the middle. Fades away. Yeah! Yeah! it. Gotta watch go! the
0: three. When you do what's right on and off the field... Uh, I, I think the Lord steps in and, and uh plays a you know plays a part in that magic happens. Long Three He got it and
1: the All
0: right, joining us today on the pod, this emergency episode is Casey Sato, the resident youth fan of the podcast, um, who was a little bit uh I don't know how to put it, maybe not irked, but just kind of like what the freak, uh, the anonymous text message that I mentioned or the person that texted that I was texting with about the U- BYU scenario on yesterday's podcast was Casey, who I should have just obviously mentioned because he's been on the podcast plenty of times. But for whatever reason, I just feel like keeping it anonymous. I don't know why. I'll be honest. Um, because... I'm used to keeping people anonymous just because like, you never know who doesn't want to get mentioned, but honestly, most people don't care. Anyway, Casey wanted to come on to refute some of the points, potentially not refute, but also just kind of give the side of the Ute fan base, and I'm all for it. I love it, and in fact, I hope he insults me in the process because I'm all about that. Casey, the floor is yours. Take it away. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're delusional. Tell us why BYU fans are the worst.
1: Oh well, first of all, I just wanted to uh, recall back uh, two years, uh, back to early December of 2019, uh, (laughs) where a miserable human named Harper Anderson uh, elected to text or tweet it. It was a tweet. It was not a
0: text. It was not a text.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. the tweet no longer exists because <laughs> I wanted to go back. I tried to look for it, and yeah, delete it. I've deleted, I've deleted that, my you...
0: tweets randomly just because you know how today how things are today. <laughs> you never know. Sure. Okay.
1: Well, uh, there was a tweet where he he talked about how happy or you were elated that Utah fans were missing the playoffs. I
0: remember it. I remember it this way. This is how I remember it. It was okay. It was definitely a tweet because I'm never that direct in terms of like, oh f that's you true. guys. I'm glad you all are hurting. I wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that to each other. I think that's fair to say. That's fair. We that's fair to say. Indirectly tweet about it. <laughs> that's kind of what makes the rivalry so good, is that it's like passive aggressive. But this one was a little bit more on the aggressive side. Even I'll admit that because there was no way you guys wouldn't see this. But what it was was, I did say this. I said I'm such a path- okay. It was during the. 12 championship game. Utah was having a great season in 2019. It felt like your guys' season. You hadn't yep. played Oregon at that point, but you actually seemed like the better team. I don't know if they were actually favored betting-wise, but kind of public sentiment was like, this is probably Utah's year. I remember, I mean, they owned BYU that year. Um yep. that was the rain delay game. And like it just looked like from the moment the snap one, BYU was just in a different class, in a in a lesser class than Utah that year, I remember. It was probably your big breakout year in the Pac twelve because it wasn't just about who you'd get on your schedule. You were actually a formidable team. You make it to the Pac Twelve Championship. This seemed like Utah's year to make the NY6. Pac 12 Championship against Oregon. And Oregon kind of from the get go just starts routing you. Smacked us. You were there. Yeah. Oh, you were there in person. Smacked us. It had been at that point, I don't know. Eight eight game eight wins in a row for the Utes. Yep. Maybe nine. No, no, no. That might've been nine. That was nine, right? That was the last time you guys beat us, which seems like a long time ago, but obviously it wasn't, but you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and uh, nine, nine had happened that year. BYU fans are miserable. And I specifically said, I'm such a pathetic BYU fan that this is my face right now. And it was a GIF. If anybody's familiar with this GIF of Willem Dafoe in the back of a car, like laughing maniacally and like moving his head side to side. So if you break that down, there was at least an admission that I was pathetic. And one of my other Utah fan friends that I went to high school with actually responded to that tweet and said, I agree, y'all are pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) So there you got it.
1: I love it. Well, conversely, I just want you to know Uh, that I was, as I was celebrating our Pac-12 championship, uh, our Rose Bowl birth, I was thinking about my friend Harper and I was thinking to myself, (laughs) I hope he is just as miserable as I was in Levi Stadium two years ago, as happy as I am right now. I just, I I was hoping for the exact reverse feelings. I know that probably didn't exist, but that's what I was thinking at one point uh, in the stands. I was thinking, man, I hope Harper is a miserable human right now.
0: Because I am so pumped.
1: <laughs> so there you go. So that, those were my thoughts during the uh, Pac-12. Uh, so well, let's talk
0: know. about this for a second, though, for a little bit more. Um, I will say, the the chances of me feeling that way, um, of that that kind of, what's what's the word the uh, the inverse yep. of your happiness would have been my misery would have been more likely had Utah beat BYU again and had BYU just kind of had like a really mediocre year, like where right. it was kind of like, what's Kalani's future at BYU? Or like, he already got the extension, but what does this all mean? And just, just kind of like, that would have been like, oh crap, we're in the dog days of BYU. Like if we only won like six games that year and we go to still go to the independence, Bowl, right? we'll get to that in sec two. But yep. um, I would have been a lot more miserable that night. But since BYU still had a slight outside shot at the NY6, which I actually really didn't think they would make, and I've talked about that already. Mm -hmm. But um, even though that was still a possibility, I still did not think Utah would hop us. In any world, I did not think that would happen in the playoff ranking. Utah killing Oregon again, I was kind of like, this is, I could take that. Like, I actually really was in the moment, and I stand by this. I was happy for you guys as Utah fans, and you hated that, which was hilarious, yeah, actually. I don't I want you to be happy for and, us. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, but then when the rankings came out, the bitterness started to set in again. Now, granted, I still wasn't as miserable as you were happy, but I was, st- I'm, like, it was starting to resonate a little bit more. I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, are yep. you serious? And it does kind of seem like right now Utah has the last laugh.
1: Okay, so let now. me. Well, this is one of the things I would like to discuss with you on our emergency pod here. Why do the rankings matter to BYU fans?
0: Don't they matter to everyone?
1: Hmm. Uh, like, if you're out of the top four, do, do the rankings really matter? It's it's an AP Poll's opinion. It's the college football playoff committee's opinion. Like, but outside of it, like, what what does that? What does that do? Like, what's the difference between 11 and 10? Uh, what's the difference between Utah being over you or, you know, ahead of like, you know, ahead of you or behind you other than bragging rights? But like, what does it actually accomplish? Like, what do you get out of that?
0: I think that is the main bragging rights. I really do. Like, so it's just bragging rights
1: that, yeah, that I mean, means- cause in, our, in our
0: subconscious, I think you could make the argument that, you know, since, since these rankings, in large part, are subjective also are widely accepted sure so we kind of do accept it as some sort of like expert opinion on everything and so if that's the case it does make it seem like oh even the country thinks we're better than you and remind me what the AP how the AP ranking fell because all Mm -hmm. I'm remembering right now off the top of my head is uh I think the AP had playoff uh, I think the AP had Utah at 10 and BYU at 12 yeah, that's right. I looked, I'm look. just looking them up right now. That's exactly right. So even the AP technically thinks Utah is the better team. And that is kind of like it's a it's a blow to the pride because we at least had that. We didn't okay. have anything with a bowl game. We obviously got edged out of the NY6. We don't have any conference affiliation. We don't have any championship. The, the Pac-12 champions thing was just like obvious, an obvious troll. Yep. And even you, a Ute fan as yourself that's competent and confident and everything, knows not to bite on that. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't like you don't look at it and roll your eyes, but you know not yep. to bite on those things because it's just being stupid and trolly. Yep. Totally get that. And if you take took note, I never once indulged in that on Twitter because I was like, I'm not gonna go that route. But anyway, um so we had that. That was the one thing we had were the okay. rankings. And we don't have that anymore. So it's kinda like okay. but at the end of the day, I did say if we end in the top ten outside of Utah, this is taking Utah out of the picture. If we enter the mm-hmm. top 10, that's a fantastic recruiting pitch, and that does have long-term ramifications.
1: But doesn't finishing the top 12,
0: like... Yeah, is, absolutely, but is, is a difference top 10 is 10? a different ranking than top 15. Sure. Or top 12, I, I, if you were I, to put it that way, I guess, but...
1: I get that. I, I guess, so the point that I'm making is, is like, sure, the rankings matter to to some extent, but i wouldn't hang and this is the depressing thing that i actually feel bad for BYU fans about is you're basing the success and failure of your season based off of some random committee or an ap poll, you know, poll voters decision making on where to rank you, right? Whereas honestly, if we would have been if if we would have been ranked 13th, 14th or 15th and still won the Pac-12 championship, I would not give two licks, right? Like winning the Pac-12 championship and going to the Rose Bowl is fundamentally the only thing that matters uh, for for me outside of going to um, a playoff or or winning a
0: national championship. So you'd rather be 15th and a Pac-12 champion going to the NY6 than – say seventh place in the nation didn't have a chance to go to the Pac-12 championship, which, I mean, I know these would be like instances that would be really hard for either of these to exist, but like it's, you're saying that the Pac-12 championship and going into an NY6 just weighs more heavily than just being in the top 10. Yes. Okay.
1: Like, uh, and and maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm crazy for that, but I'd much more rather go through and win a league championship win a conference championship as that being like something I can tangibly hold on to, right? Like a PAC 12 championship rather than, Oh, we were ranked eighth in the country. like, I just don't see any value in that. When I look back at previous seasons when Utah has been really good, like there's been times where we finished the season ninth or eighth and I couldn't, like, I don't know where we finished in 2018 or 2019, because all I know is, is we lost in the Pac-12 championship game, and that sucked. Like, I have no idea where we were even ranked. And we were ranked really high on both of those years, right? Um, I get that. But, I do get but, but that. This, but this year, you know, going into that game, we were ranked 17th, and all we cared about was winning the Pac-12 championship and going to the Rose Bowl. And from that point on, the season's like, it's an absolute success. So whether we lose to Ohio state and drop to 15th in the country or 16th in the country, I honestly do not care. I don't care if BYU is ahead of us. Or as much,
0: us. as much, obviously you want to win, but you don't care. Yeah, as I know. Much no, as I want, point.
1: I want to win, but it's not going to diminish my feelings about the season at, yeah, at this point. Sense. The Rose bowl is just like the cherry on top. Like the PAC 12 championship means a ton to this program. And it means a ton to the fan base. It's like we were we've been climbing this hill, trying to win the Pac-12 championship for the last twelve years, and we finally, you know, crossed that hurdle, and and that reward, that feeling as a fan, is way more valuable than a, a ninth, tenth, or eleventh place ranking, but not winning the Pac-12 championship.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. The one caveat, though, to what you're saying, though, has got to be that it's a P5 conference, right? I mean, if it wasn't a P5 conference, are you weighing a Mountain West Conference championship? You may be, It may yeah, be no, worth I, something, but I, is it weighed I, as heavily?
1: No, absolutely not. I think the, the Pac-12 yeah. championship weighs way more heavily than a Mountain West Conference championship.
0: Gotcha. And so now tell me a little bit more why you think that's the case. Not that you think, sorry. I, do, I actually would think that most people would agree with you on both sides, uh, that there is something about hanging the banner. Now, I I don't really know. Like, is that a recruiting thing? Is it a pride thing? Like, what is it that we care about hanging the banner that says Pac-12 champions? And I'm not trying to be condescending here, because yep. obviously if we win the Big 12, I'm going to feel the same way. Playing for the conference championship in the Big 12 that's gonna be amazing. I'm not sure why I would feel that way, so I'm just appealing to you.
1: I'm just saying, being in Allegiant Stadium and experiencing that championship environment and seeing the Utes win uh, in in that stage and having the crowd go as you know, the crowd being you know as full as it was of Utah fans, that just felt big. It felt championship level. It felt important, right? And and that feeling of importance carries onwards of, of how I actually feel in the moment about the team and about the its current place in the trajectory of the program.
0: Hmm. Okay. And you think the long term ramifications just hold heavier implication implications for recruiting and just um, kind of program stature in general. I
1: mean, I'm less worried about like the implications of it in the future. I think it it will help recruiting. I think we've already seen it. We had two commits. Uh, today. And we'll, we'll we'll continue to see more recruits sign on to it. But, but I'm just saying as a whole, when I look back at the 2021 season, I'm going to look back and think this was an incredibly successful season because we won the Pac-12 championship. And I'll never forget the feelings and the emotions and the excitement that I felt in Allegiant Stadium uh, when they were winning. Does that make sense?
0: No, it does. It does. So
1: so it's just like, man, we accomplished this goal. The goal has always been to win a Pac 12 South championship. It's been to win a Pac 12 championship. Like, there's these like, the, the way I can best explain it is like, ultimately, where every program wants to get to, you have to hit these milestones, you have to hit these checkpoints along the way. And one of those big program checkpoints is winning a Pac 12 championship. And so, being able to hit that checkpoint and say, "Okay, now this becomes a standard. This is what we want to accomplish moving forward," And of this is what we hope to accomplish. Now you can continue to move forward with the program development, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, Where,
0: I get whereas, that now.
1: whereas I wonder, as a BYU fan, right now, like outside of like, what are your season goals? Like, what would yeah, well, you? So
0: what, what would that's you my point. As your goal? Now th- this is all retroactive, right? Cause at the beginning of the season, I would have never said finishing the top 15 should be a goal this season. I would have never said that. I honestly thought, and we talked, Chase and I talked about this at the beginning of the well before the season started a successful marker in my mind for BYU would be at least eight wins considering how tough our schedule was this year. And I think mm-hmm. still objectively, you can say it was a pretty tough schedule. It was comparable to most P five schedules um, to end that. and was a wild success. In fact, that to me is like Kalani should basically be able to make whatever he wants now, ultimately, because nobody wants to lose him. His market value has shot up after this season. Um, I think he's proven that as a head coach, he can certainly get things done. From there, it just comes down to how does he delegate? Is he a good delegator? I think that might still be up in the air a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how some of the position coaches and the coordinators, how that shakes out. But so far, so good. He's done... So much right up to this point in that regard, even so, well, it, it a lot of it is still yet to be seen. But ultimately, all our all pretty much all of our fan base believes in Kalani and doesn't want to lose him to a team like Oregon or anything like that. So pay the man what he wants. So, old, long story short. Uh, so this is what I wrote down for goals for BYU. Like if I'm saying, oh, please, yeah, to, let's see it, let's hear. Like year to
1: year, here is like in in ranking of like highest goal to lowest goal like here's what i wrote as your as your goals number one national championship that's the reason why every team puts a, whether that's realistic or not it's still a goal right
0: mm-hmm. the second
1: should be oh, yeah.
0: to make the second man in say that
1: sure the second one is to make the playoff okay the third yeah. one the, the third one then becomes r- really a mystery uh in terms of what your goals would be for a program and i objectively had beat utah
0: yeah. No, B Utah should definitely be high on that list. It was this year. And sure. so like, and then, there were so, so many so along then, those lines.
1: So then I was going to say, kind number of four is bowl, bowl eligible, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, if you're going to have playoff in the goals, you should might as well have NY six because there are a few at large bids. We would have just had to finish in the top 10, but then that's okay. all of a sudden this goal that looks like at the beginning of this season, like, well, that's crazy. But it wasn't so crazy when things played out at the end of the day, but um what's funny about you saying beat utah objectively and you are correct there is that once we did beat utah this season there were so many byu fans that were like i don't really care how the rest of this season shakes out (laughs) i mean it had been that long it really was it was kind of like if we lose every game now yeah that would suck kalani probably shouldn't be our head coach even next season but i'm at least happy we beat utah sure got to that point it was that bad
1: Wait, so so this is what I'm saying in terms of BYU goals, right? Whereas Utah goals, I have national championship, make playoff, Pac-12 championship, a.k.a. Rose Bowl, Pac-12 South championship, and then I guess beat BYU. So it's like fifth in priority of our
0: – As opposed to ours being third or fourth?
1: Yeah, third or fourth. Yeah, I mean, because you could flip, like – be- the- be Beating
0: Utah was number one priority this year. I actually really believe that. Beating Utah so- was our number one priority. I really do feel it. Okay. it doesn't maybe feel like that as much now because of everything that we accomplished since then. But mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season, any BYU fan would be lying to themselves if they didn't say that was the one thing they wanted more than anything. I'm so serious. This is, that hasn't okay. been the case.
1: Okay, so this is what's crazy about like you like I, I listen to you, I listen to Chase, I listen to Sean. Like you are all frustrated about the, yeah. where about your Number twelfth ranking. Well, but, oh, that goes but, along the lines the of thing, beating you. U- you
0: beating Utah. You
1: beat <laughs> us. Like you beat us. You you hit your goal. You hit your goal, and you're still ranked really high. Like what yes. doesn't what doesn't matter? What somebody else opinion is? You beat
0: us, yeah, right? But you know how these things work, though. I mean, it's. It, but, I mean, so okay. I- so
1: let me let me go back to you now. Let me let me again. Let me throw some fire at you, right? If that's the case, right? Then Chase's claim that BYU is the big brother does not work. Okay, because if you're the the big brother, all you have to do is point to the scoreboard and say, it doesn't matter what other people think, we beat you on the field. But there's this like inferiority complex right now with BYU fans that it it can't just be that you beat us, it's that you you beat us in every single metric along the way in your season.
0: So... I I can't really speak for Chase because he gets super emotional about these things, obviously. And you've probably seen him on Twitter and you, I I wouldn't be surprised if you already muted him by now. You don't have to confirm that, but (laughs) he does. He has that effect on people at times. Um, And he knows that more than anybody. But uh, when it comes to me and Sean, I think he would agree with me here because you saw probably my tweet recently, which was some punk ass Utah fan, which is like you and I, tend to know better to not indulge in this, but it was some guy saying like taking a jab at how like Utah state and Utah were both conference champions. Oh yeah. Like both doing awesome. And he he was saying, he took some jab about how BYU fans like, like feel should feel left out or something or that how they're not the superior team. And I was like, no beating both of them is really all I need to to prove that we are. And that should be all you need. So along your lines, like that is ex- kind of like the sentiment that I've definitely been falling back on when it comes to Sean and Maya's frustration is that it just, the committee shows no consistency. And that's where it's like, well, and when BYU gets stung by that, because no joke at the end of the day, it would obviously it wouldn't have mattered. And and that's what we've acknowledged here in all this is that it wouldn't have mattered where Utah finished, right. Or Oregon finished because they got an auto pit. Yep. Yeah. M- more came down to, the playoff committee seemed to be pretty dismissive about BYU in general. And that was just kind of like, well, what the hell? Like, and so that inspires us to be a little bit more like, maybe that needs to be revised, right? Maybe we need to start questioning that.
1: So, so the college of football playoffs, like uh, mandate or their rule is to identify the four best teams, right? Like that, yeah. that's, that, that's their mandate is to identify the four best teams. And yeah.
0: The, the NY6 the guy, implications are huge in all that, though, right? Because that's how the NY6 shakes out, too.
1: Sure. But I guess what I'm saying to that is when they're looking at the four best teams, and I think it's the four best teams today. like That's how they always say it, The four best teams as of today. So it's not projecting in the future. It's not projecting in the past. It's the four best teams today. That's generally their approach to doing it, right? And the CFP guy came out and said, uh, with Cam Rising as their quarterback, they went nine and one, and and that was the difference. That, that that's why they elevated him. Whether that's right or wrong, that was their explanation or reasoning to why they ranked Utah ahead of BYU.
0: Yeah. So the the actual definition is that where who they are today, like right now, okay. who the better teams are.
1: So what they're okay. saying is, in their opinion, that the Utah is a better team than BYU today. Now, whether or not BYU fans or Utah like that's we can argue about that all day. So it's can, not even really worth arguing. I, I yeah, I know what you're saying. It's not worth there, arguing, yeah. but that's like their objective, and like that's that's their point in saying it. And and I guess that would piss off BYU. Well, fans. so I guess
0: yeah. But here, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I just have, and this isn't my question to you. This is mainly a rhetorical question, but it's mainly uh, along the lines of if if that's the case, then. What, what does it mean to play in a season if you're going to make pockets of the season that are more meaningful than others? Because seasons are already pockets of overall status and accomplishments of a university's sports team, right? Sure. That's why we have a single season. And that mm-hmm. single season should be the most micro version of how you measure teams against each other. I don't get why you'd even make micro versions of that micro version, but maybe I'm crazy here. That's the only rebuttal I have to that. You don't have to really say anything to that. That's just kind of my, like yeah. I said, rhetorical way of p- putting that. But um,
1: yeah, that I mean, I, I get what you are saying. It's how how they determine what is best or who is the best team at that moment. Like,
0: yeah, it's interesting, right? It becomes a lot more subjective at that point. But it does then everybody puts out the hypothetical? What happens if they play today? And it's like, sure, okay, whatever. I guess, right? Yeah. I, I do think that would be a fun game. Personally, I think it would be competitive. I don't think one team would dominate the other, and I think it'd be, yep, like kind of the back to the classic rivalry, maybe, or maybe Utah would roll them. I don't know. I don't think so, but that's just me. Well, I mean, Uh I think
1: at this point, with the way that like the health of your team has deteriorated, I I think Utah probably has a greater chance to win that game than you're basically down you're you're down six starters from when we played you on the defensive side of football
0: yeah so that yeah. that can't
1: that can't lead to uh you know positivity
0: no yeah it'd be interesting i mean you're right the, the likelihood is not very high but um of it, it doesn't matter on
1: september 11th you were the better day you were the better team and that's that should be the only thing that matters so to me this is why i'm like this is why i wanted to do the emergency pod like I don't get why you're all such an up in arms about these rankings. Like you beat us. That should be the only <laughs> thing that matters. Like yeah. you beat you beat us and the trajectory of your program is going in the absolute right direction. So mm. why why worry about what Utah's doing or what Utah accomplished as if it diminishes anything that's going on in Provo? Cuz it doesn't.
0: No. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a nice reminder coming from a Utah fan. I might say, honestly, it is a nice reminder. Um, I want to say one more thing. Then I want you to say something because you brought up a good point at dinner, like maybe when we were at dinner, like a month or so ago. um, And I want to revisit that to kind of end off end the end the pod and this emergency episode. What I wanted to say though, and I mean this, I really, really mean this. The contrast of your guys' season was wildly impressive yes uh at some point i want to say in october maybe i think it was october or no it was september i can't remember i think it was close to after um sorry if, i'm getting the names confused and please excuse me but it was ty jordan that died last year yep
1: and aaron lowe that died in aaron
0: lowe that died in the middle of the season like three or four games in yep when that second death happened in the middle of the season when aaron mm-hmm. lowe passed away and like the connections there um I don't know if you listened to this episode. No, no worries if you didn't, but I wasn't even being like I was I was trying to be sincere that like I said I do not envy Kyle Whittingham. Yep. He had to have been in one of the toughest spots of any coach. That the team had all sorts of question marks about how good they even were, what their future was. And it was just there was a lot going on there. They just lost their second player in less than a year. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of parallels between those two in a tragic accident. Just unbelievable stuff going on. And then I say all that because the contrast then is how Utah rebounded is nothing short of incredible. And that's me being sincere, my friend, because that really objectively, you look at that, that's an incredible bounce back. Whittingham deserves all the credit in the world. I don't see who else you would give it to, quite frankly. Obviously, the team that rallied around him, they listened. That's great. But that's pretty amazing. And that they not only bounced back and had not just a successful season, but the most successful season they've ever had under Kyle Whittingham. And quite frankly, maybe ever? I don't know. It, I guess that's yet to be seen. If they win the Rose Bowl, you can definitely, you can definitively say that it beats 04 and 08. If they don't, I think they're still kind of in the running, maybe against 04 and 08, just because of the Pac 12 championship involved there. Anyway, I don't know if you have anything to say to that, but um, I did want to hear from. One other thing that you did mention before—did you want to talk, comment on that real quick, or yeah? So, uh,
1: so uh, shortly after um, uh, the San Diego State game, uh, it seemed we lost in you know triple overtime, and BYU fans were having a field day because I think um, Jaron Hall was hurt, and your backup quarterback was having a field day. And there was like all this conversation about how like basically throwing gray you know, throwing dirt on Kyle Whittingham's grave and that the Utah program is is toast. And and to some extent, Utah fans were doing the exact same thing uh to the You were team. the
0: ultimate defender of Whittingham. You'd
1: never so, change on that. So just re- so I'm i in the tweet that I had on September twenty first was I for one will not listen to or accept I any Kyle this. Whittingham slander today least I remind y'all that we are a fake COVID season removed from almost making the college football playoff. The program is just fine in Kyle, I trust. And here's the thing, Kyle is the epitome of consistency at the University of Utah. And if there's one thing that I value and love about a Kyle Whittingham program and a Kyle Whittingham team is you know that whether they're high or low, you're going to get a tough physical and mentally tough football team that can get through a lot of shit. And I think that's what we eventually saw uh, later in this year of, of just exactly what Kyle Whittingham teams do as they persevere, they fight through it. They bond together. Like he is as good of a football coach and I would not want anybody else leaving the Utah football program than Kyle Whittingham. I love him.
0: Like yeah. he is awesome. Yeah. Um, and well what said. he
1: did, yeah. and then what he, what he did with the Aaron Lowe tragedy, and where we went from, and and how yeah. the program, and himself, and the, the captains, and the rest of the team handled that was was honestly inspiring as a fan. I mean, it was really cool. That. It was really cool to watch week in and week out how they, you know, memorialized their fallen teammates, um, and and really paid respect to their families and honored their families. And and really, I thought treated the entire situation as well as you possibly could have treated a, a terrible and tragic situation.
0: Objectively speaking, everybody would not only agree with you, but also wish that their own teams would respond the exact same way. Yep, like that's just that's just a fact. So that's no um, uh, that's actually a pretty good place to sign off because no, like just. I, you know me, and I know you. Like we don't, we we do try to be objective. We know sometimes emotions Absolutely. getting in the way. I, I'm probably a little worse at that than you are. But, um, I one other quick point, and I'll and I'll just kind of gloss over it because I I did want to make this. You you had said in di- at dinner not too long ago that, um, it was funny because I didn't know where it came from because I never said BYU was going to go in and dominate the Big Twelve, but you were adamant at making the point to me that like it's going to be years until BYU like, has a chance to actually win the Big 12. And I was like, okay, where's this coming from? <laughs> but here's the thing. Your points were actually valid, completely valid. And those points were when it comes to playing these me- even mediocre P5 teams have deep rosters. And that was one of the big differences between BYU and Utah, probably ever since about 2014-15, is that the starters were pretty comparable on both sides of the football. But when it came to the second, third, and fourth strings, that's when you saw the talent gap expand big time between both schools. And that's what your point was essentially getting into a P5 conference is that if you don't have that depth and you get these players that are going to be beat up by week 8, 9, 10, 11, then games against like, say, for example, in the Big 12, Texas Tech, who barely has a winning season, is still going to be a really tough game. And you may lose another starter because you're playing a really tough squad. And then you have to rely on, you're back up next week and then you're on backup number seven or eight at that point. And so, yeah, it is tough. I agree. And I thought that was a good point. And it was a nice reminder that like, yeah, there's no way, like anybody who thinks we're going to go in and dominate the big 12 has to check themselves. I don't think there's any way it happens. People would look at this season and say, well, maybe we could have done it this season. It's a different game. Uh, the depth is, is, is what changes that altogether. So I thought that was a great point that you brought up, even though it was, Uninvited, but it was a good one.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's a couple of stats that uh, I wish I could find, um, you know, more you know, quickly on the, off the top of my head. But I mean, here's a couple of things just to think about. Uh, Arizona State, I think, joined the Pac-10 in the 1970s. Has yet to win. Has yet to appear in a Rose Bowl, and has never won the Pac-12. Um, UCLA, I don't think, has won it since 2001. Uh, Like, there's all these crazy stats about the last time, you know, these programs that you think, oh, yeah, they definitely have won the Pac-12 championship, and and they haven't. And if you transfer over to the Big 12, when do you think the last time that Texas won the Big 12 championship?
0: Uh, Just because you're asking, I'm just going to say 2005 when they won the national didn't they win the national championship they
1: won yeah so it was 2009 is the last time they nine
0: is the big 12 championship
1: uh iowa state kansas missouri texas tech and virginia have never won the big 12 championship tcu has won it once oklahoma state has won it once um colorado won it tcu has
0: also been in it in much less time like about the same as as, yeah uh, in much much, so
1: so they could have like a you know a season like TCU but what I'm trying to say is it's freaking hard. It um, is hard. Especially when you don't come from a recruiting hotbed like TCU does. Right? Yeah, Where they no, can, you're they, right. they I, can I, go in
0: turnaround was immediate.
1: So my all my point is is it's freaking hard to win one of these Power Five championships. And if anyone is going into the Big Twelve and act and thinking that it's going to be just this easy ride, go look at Utah's Novembers in 2012, 13, 14 and 15 we absolutely crumbled because we had no depth
0: there you go i think that's a great point it's a great reminder for byu fans don't be surprised if it takes a while to compete i'm not even gonna say don't take it not be right if it takes a while to win the big 12 it's like i mean we'd be so lucky to win the big 12 at any point is the way i see it so to compete for a championship though in the big 12 it could take a while i agree yes all right casey i appreciate uh, you coming on man this is what i love about our relationship we could just banter with each other,
1: man yeah just remember i freaking hated you two years ago and <laughs> even though i still kind of hate you uh last friday night in the deepest parts i hoped you were miserable
0: <laughs> i deserved it yeah. <laughs> i
1: would fit that more than anyone
0: absolutely, absolutely deserved that all right okay. thanks for coming go on man appreciate it
1: go youths go dragons go
0: to a different mm. time Oh love i remember falling so madly there must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night because i could almost see it did you fade right out of view
1: if it takes time